a podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hey, Rachel. Hello. Hey, Erin. Yes, I'm Rachel. I'm Um, Erin. I'm Nicole. Um, So if this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, welcome. And if you've been listening to us for since the beginning or somewhere in the middle, thank you. We really appreciate you guys. It's such a gift that people Mm -hmm. um, are tuning in. So uh, yeah, today, speaking about, you know, uh, plans like that and summer and things like that, vacations, a lot of my friends have been thinking like doing their dream vacation because I think this is like a COVID phenomenon maybe that's happening where people are like, if I could travel and I had all the money in the world, where would I go? So I wanted to ask you guys, where, where would you go if you mm-hmm. could go anywhere? See, it's <laughs> got to be a toss up, you know, because I be, right before COVID happened, um, I, I had already paid the deposit for and was supposed to be going to Rome for uh, a conference of consecrated virgins. Because it was the, cool. which sounds That's like, awesome. honestly, yeah. it sounds like the worst, like the <laughs> lamest party ever. Like, you're, uh, and, I love but, it so much. That's I know, amazing. right? I know, I know, I know. But it was because it was the 50th anniversary of the, That's of so the, um, releasing the, the right, the new updated right, right for, um, consecration of a virgin living in the world. So yeah, so we were right. supposed to go and we were going to, it was going to be like 600 consecrated virgins from around the world meeting with Pope Francis and hearing all kinds of stuff and whatever. Um, And uh, yeah, so if I was going to do anything, it would be to go back to Rome because Mm. um, it is so beautiful and I feel like I could spend my whole life there and never get bored of seeing all the stuff. Um, But also the Holy Land. There's also a... Again, with consecrated virgins, like we are just... You guys like to party. We like to party. (laughs) Yeah, there's like a tour that's being organized of the Holy Land and I would really love to go to the the Holy Land. But yeah, I don't know if I'll do that with the consecrated virgins because I really like traveling on my own. Mm. Um, But there is something to be said of if you're going with a group of people from the church, then sometimes, you know, the priests and stuff have access to really cool places. They do. That you don't get to go if you're just like a rando traveler by yourself so i'd still say that you know yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a great um destination i don't Mm -hmm. think anyone i don't think you can go wrong with that one the holy land (laughs) very pious answers i would go to the holy land and and rome (laughs) and then maybe to where family's house was Located in, but only if it's with many, many other consecrated virgins. <laughs> That's right. So we all pray <laughs> to our divine Francis. spouse. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we all like really bad pseudo British accents? Why well, do I was just I thinking don't that. Know. Uh, that's how consecrated virgins talk. It's apologies <laughs> to anybody in Britain that is listening. Yeah, to us. in the UK, I think I would travel. Mine's not going to be as pious as Aaron's. Um. I don't know. There's a volcano that just erupted in Iceland. Oh, and every oh, time Iceland. I look at yeah. like pictures of Iceland, I just think it looks so cool and so wild. It does and look just, cool. Just yeah. icy and not icy actually, it's quite green. But like not mm-hmm. what's the word I'm thinking of? Like kind of like just rugged and the stark. Forlorn. Stark. Yeah. And I like that. I think it's mm-hmm. I would I would love to go there. Yeah. So I would go with you. I answer. would go with you there. After yeah. the Aaron, Holy Land. 
I'm the Holy sure Family didn't grow up there. That's okay though. You know, there's all kinds of creative virgins. But maybe yeah. there is. I mean, maybe maybe there yeah. are. Maybe you know I could be the first consecrated <gasps> virgin in Iceland. In Iceland. Okay. All right. Just visiting. We can. Do I that. feel like it's ice. Okay, this is a weird thing to say, but like Iceland or like Iceland. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Which is it? Is it ice? Well, it's I've like always heard Iran, Iceland. Iran. I mean, it is Iran. That's what it is, guys. I'm sorry right. for everybody who says Iran. It's actually Iran. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, okay. I think it's like, well, you know Newfoundland. We say Newfoundland. Oh, yeah. Right. It's just. Wait. A, I think it's a thing where we kind of go Lind. Although I would say Newfoundland. I say Newfoundland. Yeah. Do you say Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah, I yeah. said that too. I Gosh, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. Someone solved that for us in Iceland. So if you have any, any listeners in Iceland, Land, Land. Iceland, 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 please let Iceland. us know. Yeah. Yeah. And also Greenland, you know, because Greenland is like Greenland is icy and Iceland is green. Okay. Right. And so anybody is Canadian, you know, and or American, you know that that is a Mighty Ducks reference as well. So. Mm. Oh. Okay. Yes. I did and not know that. Maybe you either. didn't know that? You just no. knew. Well, mm. if you, well, I just, well, you got to watch Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Necessary cult, part of your cultural, your North American culture. discussion. <laughs> Anyways. So, so where would you go? Where would you go? Oh, right, right. I would, I, I think maybe I would go somewhere in Africa because mm. I've never been, I've been to a lot of continents I haven't been to South America. I've been to Mexico, but I haven't been to South America and I haven't been mm. to Africa. Mm. And I would like to just go. I don't know where exactly. I mean, it's a huge continent, so I have literally no idea where, but I would like that. Or Korea, because uh, I just mm. spoke about Korean barbecue in another other episode, but I love Korean food. So if I was if I was going to go to Korea, it's not my, like my favorite cuisine in the world. I love lots of different kinds of food, but I would like to go on a food tour in Korea. Mm. I feel like that'd be really cool. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I already got to go to the Holy Land just before COVID happened. So I would I remember. Have said, I would have been super pious also and been like, the Holy Land. I totally want to go there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, but I got to go and it was amazing. So anybody who is thinking of actually going somewhere after COVID and all of this mm-hmm. ends one day, it's so worth it. Oh my gosh. To yeah. bring us back down to something substantial and real. The Holy Land mm-hmm. is amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm very sorry that I said that in a Valley Girl voice. I regret it. (laughs) I really regret it. Anyways, (laughs) we're talking about uh, really important things today, like Divine Mercy Sunday, which is Mm -hmm. the topic of our episode. Um, Mm -hmm. That was yesterday. I mean, we're recording way before Divine Mercy Sunday, but when this releases, it would have been yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a podcast community, we have been praying the chaplet, the Divine Mercy chaplet every Friday, pretty much since we started almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got to say, every time it's my turn to lead, like when it's not my turn to lead, I don't always get to join. But whenever, whenever it's my turn to lead, it always is like, oh, right, divine mercy. I have to yeah. make time for it. And then whenever I pray it, it is like a reset on my day. It's so mm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I find it's, yeah, I don't know. What's your guys' experience been praying live on Instagram with divine mercy? Yeah. I find the same. Um, the only, I think, exception to that would be when I'm visiting my sister's house at the time when I'm praying because then there's like yelling nephews in the background and it's right. just a little less contemplative. But um, it's super yeah. cute. But I find that I'm really grateful because even if you look like um, like the the video, we post the IGTV of, you know, the praying together as, a, as an IGTV video uh, afterwards and 
people pray along afterwards. Like there, mm-hmm. there are views on the video, which I assume mean that people are kind of joining us afterwards to pray or, and there's some people, yeah, who are joining us like at the time to pray now and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that I think for me has been the the thing of like, it's kind of beautiful to be able to yeah. join with people and just with stop you. for a minute. Yeah. 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 And so we, I mean, if you didn't know that, we were praying Divine Mercy on Fridays. Um, now you do. Now you do, and please join us if you if you can. We love it. It's such a gift. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I've only been. I think I've led it maybe twice in all right. of our months because often I'm I'm not yeah. available at that time. Yeah. Um, but it's been definitely a blessing. And you know, it was. I've gone through different phases in my life where I'm praying Divine Mercy like every day, and then not at all, and then sometimes mm-hmm. on Fridays and things. But yeah. whatever, I, I did notice, um, you know, especially when I prayed with others, that I've often had good, really, like, beautiful conversations with the people that I'm praying with afterwards. Mm. Or it's like, mm. I don't know, just like God is moving. I, just, I don't know. I think it's a really powerful prayer that that God moves through. So I, I definitely, um, it's just, it kind of grounds you of like, oh, yeah, this is just reality. Um, I think, I don't remember who said this or where I heard this, but somebody said, the Divine Mercy Chaplet is like uniting yourself with the Mass because mm-hmm. it's a reminder. Like the Mass is this reminder of the the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ, and that is what the Divine Mercy Chaplet is. And so I think I, that was something that I found really consoling, especially like when we had our more severe, strict lockdowns like a year ago. Yeah. Um, and praying the, and not being able to go to daily Mass again, but then praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day was like this opportunity to kind of yeah unite myself with the Lord in that way. So yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, have our plan while well, when we're recording this is to do the Divine Mercy Novena. So we will just have finished that on Divine yeah. for Divine Mercy Sunday. So hopefully, um, people have joined us and and our intentions and you know the graces that the Lord has for us is we're kind of experiencing that now. You know, um, after the novena, because really there are some very special graces. I mean, we're told that even um, by Saint Faustina, right? For those who pray the chaplet, for those who contemplate God's mercy and his merciful heart. Um, And that's kind of what we wanted to do in this episode is just sit with that reality, with the merciful heart of God, with the the incredible gift that is God's mercy to us. Um, And, uh, you know, in thinking about sort of divine mercy and the tradition that comes um, from St. Faustina, really, in, in God's conversations with her, I've had a very interesting relationship with her because, mm. uh, I don't know who, if you guys have read her diary and I haven't read her whole diary. I've just read like bits of it, but it was super hard for me to read when I first encountered it. It was like, mm. it felt just really harsh. Like it just felt like mm. God was being so harsh with, with Faustina and it was odd. I couldn't enter into it at all. And then, um, and then I went through some experiences of really, really deep suffering in my life in the last few years. Um, and and suddenly I understood, like, and I don't even mm. know, I can't even explain it, yeah. but it's just like I opened up the diary and I started reading and I I saw myself in her in some ways, not like because I'm so awesome and holy, but mostly because <laughs> I'm human, you know, and I'm yeah. Yeah. a daughter of God. And then God is like, God, (laughs) you know what I mean? In divine mercy, like in her writings, it's like, man, it's kind of like Job. It reminds me of Job. It's like the bigness of God and the littleness of us Mm -hmm. and the comfort that's sort of in that and the call to sort of lose ourselves in that. Um, 
which isn't necessarily a reflection specifically on, you know, mercy, but I think it kind of leads into that because mercy is God condescending in a way to us. Like we don't deserve the love he has for us. And yet he has that love for us anyways. And that's so mind blowing and it should be mind blowing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of, that was part of actually what led me to this podcast, the idea for this podcast Mm. was connecting with Faustina and suffering through the lens of divine mercy. So yeah, I I think I'm still on that journey, but what about you guys? How has this, um, how has divine mercy for you, Erin? What's it been like for you? Yeah, I, um, I have not read the diary of St. Faustina. I've read parts of it kind of similar to you, but I think like even just thinking about this episode, it kind of makes me want to go back and read the whole thing. Part of it, I think, is because it's such a big book that mm, it's yeah. like, I feel like it's intimidating a, a yeah. little bit in the sense of um, of the commitment that's required <laughs> yeah. for it, you know? <laughs> totally. Um, even like, because right now I'm reading um, the Brothers Karamazov, which is like a big book, you know? Yeah, and right. even for that, and it's just like bedtime, you know, recreational reading. Even for that, I was like, whoa, do I really want to commit <laughs> to like this many pages, you know? Right. Anyways, and I'm glad I did because it's a it's a good book and I'm enjoying it so far. But, um, but I feel like it's kind of like that with the diary too. So it's made me, like, I'm going to go back and read it now, I think, um, the full thing. But I've used parts of it even in retreats, like, where there's one part um, where it's just kind of a, 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 I think it's like a blank page, and she just writes, like, my will on it, and then she crosses it out in a big X, Mm. um, just, you know, as a... (laughs) As a way of really, yeah, like crossing out like her own will, you know, to let the Lord's will live in her, like so that her will would become the Lord's. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what a practical, like, you know, as humans, like we need concrete things. Yeah. Like if you're struggling to surrender stuff, let's, let's, we can do that. Write down a list of all the things and then cross them out. That's such a great idea. I love that. And then cross them out. Yeah, it's true because it makes like visible and invisible, like the interiority of what we're trying to do. And then to like put it in a bit and then put it somewhere like in a frame or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or just burn it and get rid of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So that's my, that's my, um, connection with St. Faustine, I think, but, but my connection with divine mercy in particular is, like John Paul II was, um, he was the Pope when I kind of came back to the church and I felt like a daughter of his, even though I'm, I mean, I think most people kind of felt that way, you know, like, like there's this deep connection to this man who is so fatherly and so holy and so good. And then I remember the day that he died and, um, like sitting on my parents' bed because they had a television in their room and just watching, just weeping because Mm. this father of mine was has died. And that was my first experience of any Pope dying in my whole life because he became Pope in 1979. I was born in 1980. So, um, so it, it was like a big deal, you know? Yeah. 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 How about Mm. you, Nicole? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I first was, like, I don't think I grew up praying the divine mercy chaplet for the, from in my young, young little years, but, um, there's a lot of Polish, uh, folks in Winnipeg and, and Ukrainians as well. And I think that um, I remember different, I don't know, prayer groups or youth groups or something and that I was introduced 
by these these communities to the sung Divine Mercy Chaplet. Mm-hmm. And so I still, in my mind, I'm like, it's supposed Boy, to be sung. <laughs> no, like not that one. It's like the, that, that's like a modern one. It's it's like, um, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Oh, yeah. Mercy on us and on the whole world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's that's so beautiful. And so I still, I think the, um, there's like a mournfulness and a trust in that, in, in the music of it. And so still, I think that's, that's what I think of in the divine mercy of this sort of just mm-hmm. like experience of, of singing with these people and it's sort of somber and yet there's like a joy in it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what I think. Of. And so I still, whenever, if I'm with a group of people who are wanting to pray the divine mercy chaplet, I always prefer to sing it because I just think there's something different or something. Mm-hmm. Beautiful yeah, there's oh, not, yeah. I mean, that's the same with a lot of church things, right? Like even like the liturgy of the hours, I love doing the liturgy of the yeah. hours when it's chanted or mm. like there is a primacy of place for chant in the church. And that's right. uh, part of, part of Absolutely. the reason why is because it just... Yeah, it can be so expressive with the melodies yeah. and like all of these things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, that makes me think like when you're talking about the mournful quality, um, I remember reading like misericordiae is the the Latin word for mercy and it means literally miserable heart. Mm-hmm. Like that I found was so beautiful, but it doesn't, I don't think it means literally like you're sad, like you're sad and right. God's like, Very oh, be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry sad, you're not feeling sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like more related to our condition, you know, like that yeah. even like regardless of whether I'm feeling consolation or desolation, my condition is miserable because I am under the effects of sin. And it yeah. doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there's not joy or goodness or, you know, anything like that in my life and in the, the experience right. of life. But like, but it is a reality that yeah. always in relation to God, I am in need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he totally. wants to always in every moment respond to that need, totally. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's made really clear in her writings too, you know. I did mm-hmm. I read um I bought I bought the the book, her book, her diary, um, years ago, but I hadn't read it for a while. And then I was going through a really, really difficult period of, of life several years ago. Um, and I started reading just a little bit of that in my prayer every day. Mm. And it was this experience where I like I couldn't understand everything she was going through, you know. Some of it was kind of beyond me and, and it was sort of very spiritual or very, you know. But then there were time were moments where I was like she gets it. No one else mm-hmm. gets what I'm going through right now. And I was, it was a time where I was feeling really alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, I like had this sister who was like, okay, this is, it's okay that I'm feeling this because someone else, she's a canonized saint and she felt like this too. So it's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, but that, that, like that, that sadness and that just really be like, yeah, this, we're not, this is, um, this is a fallen world. Like there's, there's a lot of suffering. It kind of mm-hmm. sucks, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my own he, sin and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other, I had another thought when you said that, Aaron. So like, if that's the word you said for mercy, right? Like mm-hmm. that. Misericordia. Right. Mm-hmm. So then there's two kind of perspectives in that. There's one is our perspective, like we are in need of God's mercy. So we mm-hmm. are miserable. And the other perspective is like God has mercy to give us. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking like, and that for me, the connotation there is like he, God chooses to identify with our miserable hearts in a way. And that's yeah. what he did when he became incarnate, right? And that's what the passion is all about mm-hmm. is Jesus literally choosing to identify with the most, um, I don't know, what's the word, like the 
forlorn, the most, the most, the deepest, the greatest suffering that any of us could ever experience. That's Mm -hmm. where he goes to identify. Mm -hmm. And I think I've shared the story on our podcast before, but um, when I went to the Holy Land, actually, we went to the place where Jesus's body was, was, or Jesus, not his body, where Jesus was kept, or that's what tradition Mm -hmm. says. Right. Um, Like he was imprisoned before his crucifixion. Before scourging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think after his Oh, after scourging, but before the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And and when we were there, this actually Polish priest um, was was asked to pray like with us and for us, and so we were all praying together. But he was the one sort of praying on behalf of all of us. And he and they read out this psalm. I wish I could remember what psalm it was. And then he sort of preached on it, but it was like a preaching in prayer. And mm. part of that preaching was him saying like, "The Lord." Once, like the most miserable part of your heart, like the darkest mm. place that exists in you, that is where he wants to go. Mm. That is where, that is where he literally came so that he could go there. And that's what this place that we were in, which is this hole in the ground, this dark, cold hole in the ground was like a physical embodiment of that dark, cold place in mm. ourselves. Like, you know, like that, the darkness that is in each of us. And so it's like, that to me also blows my mind. Like God chooses, he chooses, like that's a free, like he doesn't have to do this for us and he chooses to do it. And it's just so, so beautiful. And that's really, you know, that is an image of mercy really in, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to know what, like, I, I was sort of thinking about my own personal experiences of God's mercy, you know, and we're talking here mercy in a in a broad way because we can experience mercy as literally like I'm a terrible sinner, which we all are in some way, shape, or form. And I experience the Lord coming into that place and and healing me and helping me walk out of it and being, you know, um his his mercy in that sense. But it can also just be an experience of like, God loves me and I don't deserve it. And yet he loves me. And just that experience mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. wow. I'm so like gratitude, that deep gratitude mm-hmm. of the love of God. I think broadly speaking, we can think of that in this, mm-hmm. you know, in, in merciful sort of terms. So have you guys, what comes to mind when you think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so go for it, Erin. Um, I think, I think for me, it's actually really difficult. Um, and sometimes I, like I find it actually hard because people will talk about the mercy of God and like the goodness of the mercy of God and like things. And this is all very, very true, but it's, it's one of the places where I still struggle all the time. And I've had experiences of his mercy. Like my, my kind of coming back to the church was in confession, which is like Mm -hmm. the place of, you know, mercy of his extension of, of mercy. Um, but I think it's it's like my own self-sufficiency and I like being good at things. And I actually, I even had um, kind of an experience this past week of that I think is, a, is like a mercy from him, like of things that I've struggled with, with um, having like chronic illness and with like even like the episode that, that is coming out one week after this is on suffering and self-worth. And I know I shared in that about my own issues with like weight and body image and things like that. And, um, and there's like a place of me that is still prideful. Like I, I have mm-hmm. so much pride and it's oh, mercy and pride don't coexist. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Like there is a reception of mercy that requires a humility, you know, like a humiliation. And that was one of the things that I had, that I really kind of realized that I needed to confess and to keep confessing is like my own, I don't think I realized how much my own pride had entered into my own like physical condition. And um, like, I want to be able to do things and I, it's so hard to let go of not being able to do the things that I want to do or not being able to control like, yeah, what my body looks like or, um, or any of those things. And so mercy is like a, a struggle, you know, like it has to be received. It's something that has to be received. And so I think it's good. Like, it's been good for me to realize that, that that's okay. You know, like that Mm. there's not a withdrawal of mercy, even if I am reticent to receive it or I'm not Mm. able to receive it as fully as the Lord wants to give it to me at any particular time. Mm -hmm. And that even like it might be a reception of mercy to whatever degree that you're able to even see what you're describing, right? Like that you're able to acknowledge what you're saying, like that in itself is receiving And and it's even like just to point out too in confession that I I like there is a realness of confession. I've I've encountered lots of people who've sometimes said, like, I don't, I'm hesitant to go because I know I'm just gonna do the same things again and stuff like that. And it's like I always um I feel like I can say, just go, just keep going and keep going and keep Mm -hmm. going. Because my Mm -hmm. own experience of that has been like the more I go and the more I confess these things, which is why it's such a mercy to like realize this about my own heart and what I'm hanging on to is because then I can bring it and verbalize it in confession. And through that, like bringing it to him, bringing it to him, he's able to purify it and to like take take away that, you know, pride or that struggle or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's a good thing. You're right. It is a mercy to just realize those things. Yeah. I feel like a bobblehead. I'm like nodding so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's true. Oh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nicole? Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I had one kind of specific experience, which I'll share, that came to mind. But even as you're speaking, Aaron, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like complexity of w- what qualifies as experiences of mercy, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, so I, I have... Um, when I was in my early twenties, I think I was just coming to a place where realizing that my, my faith was a lot based on just trying to know all the Catholic things and be able to articulate them in sort of very intellectual. And, um, I feel like I was kind of a jerk a lot of the time and just like, um, yeah, just not, there was something missing and I didn't realize that. And, uh, um, but, but noticing that other people in my life, they seem to be, you know, they weren't as obsessed with trying to look like perfect Catholics all the time, but there was something more real about their faith and their relationship with God. And I wanted that. So I started praying. I remember praying every day, like, God, make my faith real. Make my faith real. Please, God, make my faith real. And didn't really know what I was asking for. And then there was this one day where I was just, I don't remember what I was doing. I don't know if I was trying to pray or just resting or whatever. Anyways, um, at home and I, it was like this instant where I felt like I I saw myself as God sees me, which was like the fullness of all of my, I mean, this is not quite as God sees me, but like, but like as I am, I guess, which mm-hmm. is like the fullness of my sin and just realizing like all these ways that I, I am awful <laughs> um, and Uh, all of this stuff. But in that exact same instant, not a moment later or earlier, in the same instant, Mm -hmm. 
it was this experience of just how incredibly loved I am and how I'm totally forgiven of all those things. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was really profound. And I just started like ugly crying. And then I remember my mom running in and being like, what's wrong? What's going on? And I'm like, I don't really just praying. God, is so, you know. But um, so great. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was something that it had a really profound effect, I think, on my it wasn't like, oh, after that, I stopped being a jerk. But it was like I started <laughs> developing, I think, a more authentic prayer life and mm. or maybe even just started praying more consistently and um, and growing, you know, in authenticity and stuff in my relationship with God and, and things. So, That's so, you know, um, so I think that was definitely an experience of mercy. But, you know, even like when you're speaking, Aaron, I can recognize that some of the the sufferings and the things that I've got, I'm have gone through and I'm going through in my life right now that those are mercies because mm. they're, um, you know, in certain areas of my life, I feel like I'm, I excel and I know what I'm doing and it feels great. And it's, you know, I can navigate the challenge and there's a real confidence. Um, and it would, and it's so easy to be tempted to pride in that and think that I'm so great. And that, you know, that this is like not recognizing that that's a grace, you know? Um, and so it's, it's really balanced out in other areas of my life where there's tremendous uncertainty and, um, and it's, it's a real suffering, <laughs> like it's a real cross, but I think that is in itself a mercy because mm-hmm. it's like, um, you know, the Lord protecting me from, from, from pride and, and not that I still don't fall in that area. I certainly do, but like just realizing, yeah, I don't know, just like that the suffering is a mercy mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is like the Lord keeping me, I don't know, yeah. keeping me reminded that I actually need his mercy, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like um, like Saint Alphonsus Liguori in Uniformity with God's Will, like such a great book. Um, but mm-hmm. he he talks about that in that that all things that the Lord sends to us is is gift, right? Like yeah. the things that are you know our consolations are given you know for encouragement and for happiness and joy and all those kind of things. Um, and then you know the things that come to us that are challenging or are suffering or things like that are um, are meant to purify us and to perfect us in our love and to allow us to encounter him more and to, you know, like we can experience like purgatory on earth, essentially. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think the Lord's greatest desire would be to purify us during our earthly lives to such an extent that we are immediately with him in, in heaven, because I don't think he even desires for us to experience the suffering of purgatory really, you know, but, but I mean that, it just makes you think of mercy because in that way, then everything is mercy. Like, mm-hmm. um, what is, is Pope Francis who said the face of God is mercy? I think so. I think it sounds it like it, he would have. Yeah, it sounds like him. And also like the that. year of mercy. I'm wondering if he said it during the year yeah, of mercy. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been, yeah, yeah. But like, but really to to look at everything as that, like it is a mercy when I recognize my own sin. It is a mercy mm-hmm. when I recognize my own weakness. It is a mercy when I bear humiliation. It is yeah. a mercy when I'm suffering. It is a mer- like all of it is mercy yeah. um, mm-hmm. because it is it all is recognizing mer- my, my condition, allowing me exactly. to recognize who God is. Yeah, You know, it's yeah. a mercy, whatever it is in our life that drives us to God every day saying, God, help me. Yes. That's a mercy. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think... For me, I mean, like you both have said, I think there's so much. There's so much that we could count as an experience of of God's mercy that way. But I remember in spiritual direction one time a while ago, I had confession and it was one of those situations where I was like, oh, confessing the same thing again. And like, and I think that day I was just really, I kind of 
was, I don't know if I want to say, I, I hadn't given up, but I was like, oh, like again, and you know, and it sort of was a discipline. I was like, oh, I'm just going to confess it. But I was like, I just feel like this is never going to end. Like I'm never going to be better at this. And I felt so ashamed mm-hmm. of myself, you know, and, um, and I remember after my confession or maybe it was like when I was getting spiritual sort of direction, cause it was my spiritual director who was my confessor. He gave me, he looked at me and he just literally looked at me and I don't think he even he didn't mean to or anything like that, but he looked at me like I felt like Jesus would look at me, mm-hmm. you know? And there was, it was like so tender and just, I don't know, just like loving and just accepting of who I was, but also like delighting in me, like not, not in any way rejecting me. Like it was just right. a total reception of who I was in that moment. Mm. It was very brief. And I, and I really think it was just a grace in the Lord. I don't know if my spiritual director was even intentional about how right. he was seeing me in that moment, but it was so powerful because it was like a moment. It, I think of the, you know, the, the condemned woman, the, the woman caught in adultery mm-hmm. and, and how, when the Lord, when no one stones her and the Lord like is bent down writing on the ground and they all leave. And then he, he looks at her mm-hmm. and it felt like that was probably how he looked at her, you know, when she yeah. was caught literally in the worst, like the most shameful thing ever and mm-hmm. had every sort of reason to be looked at with condemnation by the one who is pure love, like who doesn't know sin, right? And then to be looked at by love in that way is just healing. Like it's Mm -hmm. just healing. And I remember just thinking, I, this is how Jesus always sees me. Like every time I go to confession, every time I show up in my mess, he sees me like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's the thing that allows you to be humble because you're like, I don't need to be proud. Like there's no reason to stand on my own two feet in front of someone who looks at me like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's just someone who wants to love me. And it's a struggle for me too, like a big struggle for me. But I think I just, I hold that. I really treasure that moment because I, I just think it's sort of God peeled back the curtain a little bit for me and was like, this is who I like, do you understand yeah. now? Like, do you get it? You know, you don't have to fight me. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, okay. I fight with God a lot, honestly. And mm-hmm. he pulled back the curtain and was like, you don't have to fight. Like, I'm not your enemy here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is true. I like, we, we need to be able to re- reveal mercy to each other so that, yeah. you know, like there's something um, very incarnational in that, in the way that, mm-hmm. that God is asking us to do that to each other so that we can understand a bit more of how God does that for us, you know, like how he gazes at us with mercy. And it makes me think every time about the Poco a Poco podcast. And I, for the life of me, I cannot remember whether it is Father Innocent or Father Angelus because I <laughs> mix them up all the time. But whoever works with the postulants, um, I think it might be Father Innocent. Anyways, but he he always says, like, if you listen to that podcast, you're knowing exactly what I'm talking about. He always says, like, look at, look at me. Hey, 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 look at me. Look at me. So that he can, I mean, basically so that he can gaze on, on the struggles and maybe even the humiliations that people are experiencing with a gaze of love, you know, Mm -hmm. like to, and even myself, like those are some of the most privileged times in ministry that I can Mm -hmm. think of is when I was able to, to do that because 
because that's not like I'm sure we've all experienced that when um, when somebody comes to us and they're sharing something that's super vulnerable or like shameful or like where they carry a lot of woundedness or whatever and like like in that moment in the in those moments you know where the Lord is like where there's such a swelling up of the heart of love for that person that it's like the desire it's like sharing that desire of the Lord in some way like in this beautiful way of being able to like look at somebody and like in total, like in love, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just being able to like see the goodness of the person that is there. And that is the fundamental part of who they are, which is not their sin. That's like why my favorite quote is like, um, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his son, you know? And that is that. I mean, that's the experience of God's mercy right yeah, there. You yeah, know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is like an exhaust. Like, we could talk about this forever. And I think, in some ways, like we are meant to enter into this Divine Mercy Sunday. I think. I mean, it's. Oh, we wanted to mention this. Pope um, Pope John Paul II is the one who instituted the Feast mm-hmm. of Divine Mercy. Yeah. And um, and there's a beautiful uh, story that Father Michael Gately gives. It's, I think it's called The Second Greatest Story Ever Told. And it's like you can get it with the Lighthouse CDs or whatever. But just highly recommend you listen to that. Because you mentioned, Aaron, how um, John Paul died on, you know, died and we were, we were crying. He died on, I think, the eve of Divine Mercy. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and it's just this gorgeous story of how God has done that for the church through this amazing Pope that we all love so much. Um, but yeah, I think the feast is there to help us to realize like, this is, this needs to be a running thread, you know, all through our lives. Like it's that important that we never forget who God really is. Like that God, God's face is really the face of mercy Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as a podcast on suffering, I think like yeah. we think about suffering, yeah. we need that. Like we, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get through this without that, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And really the church does like institute this, is the liturgical thing, why it's so important, you know, like there is a feast day in the church where everybody in the whole church is recognizing that the face of God is mercy and what that means, you know, and that's what the church does. Like, that's why we have, you know, feast days for saints and stuff like that is to like recognize all these things and why there's even a, a push now for like instituting a, a feast of um, the family. I mm-hmm. think that was it, you know, from mm-hmm. consoling or from um, the consecration to St. Joseph, mm-hmm. because there is, you know, like um, putting those things into our liturgy and our, our like worship is like a a huge way of recognizing the importance of something, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we hope you guys had an awesome divine mercy Sunday and yeah, we're, we're still going to keep, well, till our podcast is over, I think we'll be, we'll be praying the chaplet every Friday. Mm -hmm. And then when we come back in September, we'll go back to um, the chaplet every Friday. And if anything, if we do anything around that in the summer, um, we'll update on Instagram. So maybe we'll, we'll sing s- it sometime. Maybe I can. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Yeah. 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 Good. That would be cool. Okay. Good. So stay tuned for that. Um, okay. So God winks, ladies. Let's wrap wrap up with some some God winks. What about you, Aaron? With your God. Oh winks? yes. So my God wink is um, 
that I was able to go and get my eyebrows waxed for the first time since before we entered into the first lockdown. Yeah. So listen, for those who are watching on YouTube right now, you can see my face. It's not covered in eyebrows. Just kidding. They, I mean, I did have the ability to pluck my eyebrows or whatever, but it's just, it was just so nice because it's something yeah. that I, you know, I'm used to doing. I'm like, oh, this is lovely. And then I was talking to the, to the woman who did the eyebrows. I'm like, oh, so, you know, how's business been? And she's like, it's not really good. People are not coming back yet. I was like, oh, I'll have to come and, you know, do get a pedicure at some point or whatever. And she's like, well, do you just want one now? <laughs> I mean, how do you say no to that, right? I'm like, yeah. I guess so. Okay. Yeah, so sure. I, <laughs> but it was cool because I got uh, like a pedicure and a manicure and I don't usually get them like once in a while or something like that. But um, but it turns out that their family is a Catholic family. They go to a Vietnamese parish here in Ottawa. They're Like this lovely couple, we were able to have this conversation about like Rome. She really wants to go to Rome and mm. see Rome and, you know, all of these things. And it was lovely and it was like That's a awesome. gift during the day. And I was like, oh, this is... This is this is real gift, you know. Like the Lord just pampered me for a, a day, which was lovely. So that's yeah. so nice. She can join the consecrated virgins pilgrimage to, like, not well, her. Her, her husband was yeah. doing my feet, and she was doing my hands. <laughs> well, so. is it like okay? Here's my question then: yes. Is the consecrated virgins pilgrimage like? It's like you can, you have to oh, be a consecrated. You have to be a consecrated um, virgin. Yes, you can't so just you join can, the party. You no, you if cannot. You're in some other vocation. That's right. They're going to check in your certificate or not. <laughs> just kidding. There's not a certificate. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you, Nicole? It's your Godwin. Yeah, I think mine was uh, research related. So I've been trying to get some equipment stuff figured out for one of the experiments that I want to run. I'm doing my PhD in music and health, so. Uh, we want to run some experiments on music's impact on movement. And we have this like custom made flat screen that we're going to use, but it's just been, it's been glitching. And so, you know, I've been in contact with folks in Germany who helped to make it about how to navigate it. And then this week was talking to the manufacturer and and then trying to going back and forth with my supervisor to figure out what to do. And, and I, I just really like reached the end where I'm like, I don't know what, like what else to do. And so I was talking to my supervisor and he's like, well, we'll buy a new one. And so, and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Problem solved. Amazing. Yeah. And I just, cause I kind of, I was kind of like, well, I don't know what I'm, I'm going to have to redo my whole, you know, like experiment plan experiment. and all this stuff and realizing like, oh yeah. Okay, great. We'll just buy a new one. <laughs> like praise Sweet. God. So that mm-hmm. was, uh, we just found that out yesterday. And so just I love kind it. Of a little moment of like, Oh, okay, great. Thanks. Thank you, God. Like, all is not lost. That's right. Yeah. That's How are you, Rachel? Yeah. So, mine, so if anyone kind of is watching this on YouTube, my nose looks very different. I have this like big mark on the side of my nose because I got, uh, I had to have some surgery and get something removed from my nose. So, I've got some stitches there. I um, loved when you said that it was very different. I'm like, hey, it's not, when you said that, I like pictured like a hooked nose or like a. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's far right now on Zoom. It's like far enough away from me that I think it looks really benign. And it it doesn't look, it's not like insanely terrible or something, but it's definitely way more noticeable. Like if you were standing in front of me, so maybe that's what I have in my mind. We're going to get so many hits on this particular episode YouTube video. That's right. Exactly. What's your nose look like? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It honestly Uh, just looks like you have a nose ring. Like really, that's pretty much what it looks like. Yeah, that's what some students Mm -hmm. at Faith Study I'm doing said. Anyways, but yeah, it's not a nose ring. It's stitches. (laughs) 
it's it's a yeah it's a thread it's a nose ring made out of thread right <laughs> yes um anyways so i was in surgery but it was like it's it's uh, a day surgery and they don't it's local anesthesia so i was you know awake and stuff and they had just frozen this part of my face and uh and but i could talk and everything and so i'm in surgery and the surgeon's like doing his thing and he goes um so what are you, you know, what are you studying or whatever? What do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm like a full-time theology student. He's like, oh, theology. <laughs> he goes, Love so it. like then for the next five to seven minutes, he's like, so, you know, that whole thing about the Trinity, like, did they just like, did it was just like a Pope in the middle ages? He just kind of like instituted it. Like one day he just was like the Trinity, like, we're just going to do that. So I'm getting surgery on my nose. And I'm like, no, actually, uh, you know, it was actually well-founded like when after, well, in things that Jesus said, and then the early church was baptizing in the name of the Trinity. Literally as he's like lobbing something off my nose, I'm like this. And I'm like- (laughs) I was like delirious a little bit. And I was like, I don't know if I'm evangelizing very well right now. (laughs) Or if this is a heresy because it's involving the Trinity. Seriously. I was like, this is such a precarious situation. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, And then I came out of surgery and I was like kind of loopy and I was hilarious because my inhibitions were all down. And I was, and then I was talking to my brother after it all faded. And I was like, what did I say? Like, what did I say? So when I go to my follow-up, I think it was okay, but I don't know. So my follow-up, uh, I'm preparing currently <laughs> a short paper on the history of the doctrine of the Trinity, which I will deliver to my students. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So okay. that's my God wink. That's awesome. That's so funny. Oh, and on that good. note, <laughs> um, thanks Love guys it. for great conversation. And thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Bye. Everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.